I woke up a little bit early uh -oh. today, around 4.30, and I was like, FIBA game. I So, obviously, it wasn't today. That's tomorrow. And it doesn't yep. start at 4.30. But, obviously, some, some of these games have been really early. So, we're going to start out today by talking about tomorrow. Tomorrow, there's two games going on. And it's going to be difficult to cover both of them. But, basically... Australia starts about an hour and 10 minutes before um, before Canada does. So yep. we're going to follow that game all the way through, I think. And then we'll switch over to finish up the Can Canadians. Um, who are they playing? They're playing Brazil. Yep. And um, But really, what this is all about, and this game for me, the first game, I believe it starts at 7.10 or 7.30. It's uh -oh. 7.55 uh, on Friday a.m. Eastern. So... That's Slovenia versus Australia. So that would be 6.55 on my time. So mm -hmm. just before 7 o'clock, we're going to be getting this thing going tomorrow. We hope that everybody can join us. We hope that you guys will put up with our bullshit and nudity as it comes. Yeah. Uh, oh, what's up, Jared? Um, I'm pretty stoked if you look at it, though. Like, um, I, I'm looking at Group K and Group L, man. Those are my groups that I'm excited about. You've got Germany. Uh, Slovenia, Australia, and one, um, Canada, Spain, and Brazil, and um, Latvia on the other. Um, so that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I'll just be—I'll be straight up honest, guys. Uh, the United States got handed a gift here, like straight know, up a man. gift. I—I oh. I don't even know what to say. Like they put all the difficult teams on the other side. There's, like, I would say seven of the top. Um, let's go seven of the top 10 teams are on the other side, man. Yeah. I noticed like, that that's too. what's insane for me. Like, I, I just feel bad. I feel bad because I would have loved to see, um, Australia and Canada, um, go up against the United States before the semifinals or quarterfinals, because I mean, it would have been nice for that, but I mean, we, we get what we get. So that's, that's right. Moani. Moani. That's right, buddy. What's up, Corey? What's up, Jared, man. We're happy, dude. So, Dave, you've, you've always kind of had a little bit bigger picture of the, what's going on here. Um, and so I'm just kind of looking at one game at a time. I know we, we bounce back and we're going to be playing Sunday again. So um, this is an exciting time and we'll know a lot more after the game Sunday. But at this stage right now, um, you know, two games for each team. And in a big way, um, we're at win or go home. Now, Dave, you told me there's a loser's bracket. So it's not literally win or go home. But they're like in the end. Uh oh, Dave, you hate it when I quote you. I can tell you're insecure. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You, you're you good, could you take over because now I'm talking in, in asshole. No, um, it, it is in a way winner go home, especially if the the um, number one team wins. But because they have different brackets and there's four teams in each bracket, there's two games in each bracket. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and so as long as the the number one team in that bracket wins both games, then it's over. But um, if something happens like, you know, Australia wins and, um, you know, then, then something else could happen, but man, we it's going yeah, to really be, be get sketchy because it, look at Australia plays against Georgia at, um, 3 15 AM Eastern time. So that's two fifteen central time. I mean, there's 0% and that's on Sunday. There's 0% chance I'm getting up for that one. I'm just sorry. Um, hopefully that's not offensive to anybody. <laughs> uh, but the other games, man, you got Canada later that day against Spain, 9-15. I mean, Canada does not have an easy road here. They got to play against Brazil, 
first game, Spain, second game. It's pretty sketchy, bro. What do we know about Brazil? How good are they right now? I mean, they're decent. I wouldn't put them under the rug to uh, have an upset right there. I mean, they're always a team that, that can create an upset or at least give somebody a scare. So, All right. So I didn't notice. You were saying that Australia plays at what time? 3.30? 3.30 a.m. I didn't see that, man. 3.15 a.m. 2.30 a.m. my time yeah, against dude. Georgia. That's, that's, no, that's no baller. Nope, nope. Man, these are rough, but in the end, um, we're getting so as many as we can. Australia, if Australia beats Slovenia here, right, and then all they have to do is just beat Georgia, and it's all good. It's this is the game, man. Slovenia versus Australia, like they gotta win this, and they that game against Germany to me is one of those things. Like as little as I know about international basketball, like like Dave and I have coached at different levels, we've played at different levels, we've you know, been fans our whole lives, you've seen over and over and over again, like a loss where you build on can catapult a team into like an elite level. Yeah. What did they learn from the game against Australia? More specifically, not Australia, um, against Germany. What, what did Australia learn? Um, what did Josh Giddy learn against Germany about like really stepping up to the moment? And when your team starts slow, I mean, if you look at what Patty Mills did, like that to me was a true passing of the torch. It's one sure. thing to say, okay, he's doing that. But it's another thing to say, like, I'm at the end of my career, but at the biggest moments, I know how to lead our team. And this is going to be your job from here on out. So that's what I expect coming up tomorrow. Um, Josh isn't going to wait for things to happen. He's going to get out there and he's going to play in a way that we've never seen before. The only thing we could compare it to me, in my opinion, to would be like that game against the Pelicans when it was win or go home. Yeah. You know, yeah. like this is it for him. Biggest stage. And it's going to be fun, though. I mean, this is what we love to see about what our guys can do. Um, the challenges that they are going to see um, here are going to be fun. You got, you know, uh, Canada, two really tough games. You got Australia. Uh, one really tough game, one game that's going to be difficult, but it shouldn't be, um, you know, unwinnable with Georgia. Um, and then obviously you're looking at uh, Germany there in the deep, dark picture right there. So um, it's going to be interesting, man. Like, again, things will come out. Things will be, be known as, as they come. But Sunday after Sunday, we'll have a better understanding of where everything is. And I, and I know there's more of schedules out there, and we can pull those schedules up too. But really um we're just looking at it two games at a time and if we look at the future and say oh if they win this game in this game then they'll be here it's just i mean there's too much stuff like that so i would rather just wait and take it slow wait until sunday we'll know more we're gonna know a lot more um a couple of wins best way to control your destiny at this point but yeah these brackets are i'd say lopsided so if the u.s does end up losing one of these games in this this early bracket That'll just that that's embarrassing because it, like I don't know it shouldn't happen. How do you um besides like getting the challenge like would be like a playoff game? Um, how do you think this helps Shay and um, Josh just as leaders on the court? Like how do you think working with different players than you usually will in an NBA season and putting them in a spot that in, in a way that you've got to depend on everybody else, not just yourself. You know, like. How do you think this is going to help them 
during the season? I mean, it's it's a, a big, big thing. Like we saw different um, elements happen even within the season for the Thunder with it, Josh and Shea's Except game. Devin. If Josh goes down with injury, Shea goes down with injury, then all of a sudden they're called upon to do different responsibilities, to do it in different ways. The first, like we knew Josh was going to be really good, but the first really, really sign that Josh, like big sign that Josh had a chance to be like one of the greats, like really one of the greats was when Shea went down the first time Josh's rookie year. And Josh put up, I think, like a 28-point triple-double in Madison Square Garden. I think he put up three triple-doubles in a row. Um, he had four that season. And each one of those kept like being, you know, another one of the the youngest rookie. So it was like these types of things happen when you step up. And FIBA is a unique situation um, where you're looking at not just Josh and Shea being the guys that are the man for their teams, but like then coming back and you add, you know, a rounded out starting lineup like Chet, like Jade up. And then you go down to that bench that we always talk about. What happens is like they understand more what they're capable of and defenses are going to gear into certain players, especially as the season gets tighter and more approach the playoffs. And if Josh knows, and if the team knows what you're going to get from Josh from a scoring spot, but if they double, you know, Shea, then he's capable of going for 30 any given night. That's a different level. And that's what I think we're learning here because it is important to build the camaraderie, but you also need to have opportunities to play where you're polishing your game in a way where you're not just building it to build, play along somebody else. Hmm. So yeah, for Josh, like this is taking his game to the next level. And for Shea, it's doing the same thing in just a different way. Yeah, I, I agree with that, man. I, I like the fact that Josh is being called out to be a leader on this team that Patty Mills and Patty Mills' dad um, are, are calling him out and saying, hey, you know, this is Josh's team now. Um, I like that responsibility for Josh. Josh deserves it. I mean, he's just a, a phenomenal player, understands the game in an incredible way. Um, and to be able to have somebody like Josh that really is the floor general of sorts to allow Shea just to focus on shooting, just to allow Shea to focus on um, being the person that Shea needs to be is, is what's so beautiful. Like, um, I, you look at this Team Canada and you're like, man, this team is really good. But like, I would rather our Oklahoma City Thunder guards over Team Canada guards. You know, and then you look at, you know, Australia guards and you're like, oh, that's a you know, big man in the same thing. Like, I would rather a big man in guards over Australia, big men in guards. And it's just because this team has been you put do the together. the same thing with Team USA. And the same thing with Team USA. Like, it doesn't matter what, what team it is in, in, in FIBA this year. Like, I, I can't help but, my, um, but put ourselves in the situation of saying, I would rather have these players on our team that we currently have than anybody else in the world. And it's because of the whole, we, we talk about this a lot, but the team idea of we work together as a team. You know, we have Shay, who's sensei splinter of sorts, you know, he's in charge of everybody and he's telling him what to do, where to go. But it's more of what his body movement dictates. You know, like if you watch everybody, when Shay touches the ball, there's a certain movement that happens when Shay has the ball. Like people, they don't sprint to a certain place. They just start shifting ever so slightly. The, the, when I started noticing was Isaiah Joe the most. Isaiah Joe starts taking like these side steps <laughs> out in the perimeter, you know, like the, the shuffle moves, guys, you know, that we used to do on defense uh, for uh, defense plays, you know, and you just you start seeing the shuffle and you start Isaiah Joe says right down the line and you're like, oh, oh, yeah, Shay's got the ball, you know, and 
you know, you start seeing Josh Giddy do the same thing and he's putting himself up in a position to start driving the second the ball hits his hands. And, you know, like it, it's to me, it's everybody's reacting off of Shea. And it's powerful, man. It's just like, you know, it's the ripple effect of you take a, a rock and you throw it into a lake and it just, you know, and Shea has this powerful way of, of controlling that. And when all this other insanity is going around in the um, NBA season and Shea's like, hey, guys, listen, focus right here. Boom. All right. Now I got your focus. Now, what are we going to do? And that's what's so powerful about what Shea is being able to pull off right now. And it's why I get excited about this team. And it's why I get excited about FIBA is because we're seeing Shea and we're seeing Josh, you know, um, be put to the fire and they're expected to step up and do more. And that's why when, when push comes to shove, this team is only going to get better when these guys are at FIBA. Yeah, I mean, I heard Sam Presti one time talk about um, specifically Russ, but, you know, some of the other guys too, the, the greats. But he said, like, Russ had this competitive nature that would make him almost superhuman, right? Where he would um, do things that shouldn't, he shouldn't be capable of doing so based on physics, based on natural ability, based on the level of other athletic ability he's facing in competition at that moment. But like you think about the things that he was able to do that were like superhuman, um, you know, 30, 40 point triple doubles, after breaking his face, you know, dunking on Clint Capella when he was at the Rockets for like that win or that that three that sealed the win against um, Denver. Denver, like, like, it, like competition will take you to another level. Oh yeah, and oh yeah, like I get why some people look at the Thunder and like, oh, you guys have never had any championships. You guys have never had any true success. But the reason that we love the thunder so much the reason we like really are addicted to this is because when you look at the core that's what the organization is built around is fantastic basketball uh, for 82 games plus the playoffs every year where everybody goes all, all out and we've seen that year after year after year even the years where it was like okay we're rebuilding we mm. still saw that all the way down the roster and that's why when you look at it you're like this has the right base but it's something as like people, as people who are addicted to improving in life that we can get behind. Like we, we watch this team get better and we're like, wow, the next version of this is going to be even better than what we are, have seen before. There's not many things in life you can really feel that way about. And I think that's what kind of makes the thunder so universally exciting is that we all know the future is going to be better than, than anything. And a lot of it, like if you look back to when the rebuild started, we got rid of Chris Paul and like, it was really, really like we knew it was coming, but we held off for a year. Right. Mm. And so then you're like, well, what would happen if we got a player as good as Russ? What happened if we got a player as good as KD or Harden? Like, is there a chance that we could have Shea be one of those guys? Is there a chance that we could draft more of those guys? Is there a chance? Well, turns out Shea is one of those guys. Turns out Josh Giddy is the name of the next guy that the whole fucking country is going to fall in love with or the world. And it turns out J-Dub is the future and Chet is the future. It, like what we didn't understand was how close we were. And it felt like, oh, this could happen over the next eight years. Hmm. It happened in three years. And yeah. now we're looking at it like you're saying. Yeah, if the Thunder were in this tournament, we'd be the favorite. Like, and we're talking about FIBA basketball. But yeah, you put 
Shea and Giddy on the same team, you're automatically in a really good position. Throw J-Dub and Chet. Have a healthy Lou Dort. With that depth on the bench. Yeah, dude. We're the favorite. I, I mean, there comes a, a point in every organization and every team that's, that's an up-and-coming team that everybody just stops and just, like, observes. Everybody's just like, hey, we want that assistant coach. We want that coach. We want... This G League coach and and they start getting poached, poached and the assistant GMs, um, you know that happened first time around with Russ and KD. You know you look at all the assistant GMs and GMs all over the league right now that that used to work for the Thunder, right? This Thunder team's been up and coming. It's not like this has been a, a um a, a surprise for anybody. Okay, why haven't the Oklahoma City Thunder assistant coaches and assistant GMs been recruited more heavily? Let me tell you, they have been. Why haven't they left? It's because that loyalty, that loyalty that they've been talking about in Oklahoma City, it's going to be amongst the players. It's going to be amongst everybody. You know, Shea signed that contract, and the contract was if he becomes an all-MVP, he gets that, that full amount of whatever, $210 million that it was or something like that, the max amount that he was able to get. Great for him, you know? And I'm sure they'll have other you know, possibilities for that, but not every single one of our players that makes that contract is going to make all NBA team and they will not make the extra $40 million and just won't. And they'll have that opportunity, but they won't make it. And I'm okay with that. You know, like when you're looking at it, would I have rather paid uh, Shea $180 million? Sure. I mean, we could have afforded to do more, but he, he got the opportunity to make his millions. So go for it, man. Take that. Own it. And I think that's what we have to do with this team is that as things are going on and as we start seeing coaches being poached from this team, we start understanding more. But that's not happening. That's not happening now. I don't think that happens in a couple of years because I think we're willing to pay our coaches more than anybody else will. We're willing to pay our, 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 uh, um, uh, our trainers and all that other stuff so that they don't get poached. If we're willing to pay everybody else out like that, right, and there's no reason for these guys to leave, then that's what we got to do. And that's as simple as it can be because when it comes down to it, Sam Presti has one opportunity to run this team properly. Sam Presti has one opportunity to make this team into a, bam, winning team. And everybody sits back and goes, holy shit, we didn't see that happening. Because if he doesn't do it right, right, and he flounders just slightly, he makes two bad trades. Next thing you know is we're sitting there and we're coming, what could have been? And we can't be in that position this time around. The stadium every, depends on it, guys. The yeah. new stadium depends on it. Everything like comes down to really in the NBA and all pro sports. If you have a chance to win a championship, people are going to stick around. And if you plateau, yeah, you know. So mm-hmm. that's how you keep everybody engaged: is keep moving in that direction. That's all it, right, dude. bro. Tomorrow, my clock says seven ten, but you're right. saying six fifty. That's that's what I'm saying right. That's what it's saying right here. It doesn't mean that's what's up, but I that's what it's saying. And then okay. I've got I've got to take my like I've got to take kids to school during that time, so I'll have it set up and going. Um, but I've got to leave at like thirty minutes later after the game starts. So, um, if, if you're not here for the start, bro, then it doesn't matter. We'll be watching the game, and then we'll be jumping on when you get back. Exactly. All right, we'll guys, be- we appreciate you guys. We'll catch you guys tomorrow.
Have Very a good day. Cool. Riddles, get that thing signed. I mean, oh. chain. Yes, but Riddles, you are right. Josh Green guarding Luca. Bring it, dude. I think that's going to be great. Three years of practice. Hell yeah. Straight jackets. Encore.